to Life Lessons. We're Jen and Sherry. I'm Jen Stevens, a retired teacher of 28 years and the author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat. And I'm Sherry Bullock. I've worked in healthcare for over 26 years, and I've been an active volunteer for many organizations. We're both wives and moms, and let's face it, we're the glue that holds it all together in our homes. In our careers, we have always been problem solvers who help others. And that's what we'll be doing here, answering questions you didn't know you had, one smart solution at a time. We're always looking for ways to make our lives easier, help us be more productive, or improve our health and wellness. So, let's live our best lives, one day at a time, and let's have some fun along the way. Hi everybody, we are so glad you're here today. Welcome to episode 50 of the Life Lessons Podcast. How are you doing today, Sherry? Anything new going on with you? Yes, I have big news. I'm so excited. What is your big news? Well, let's see. We did the seasonal affective disorder episode last winter, and I shared then that I suffer from seasonal affective disorder. And I'm already feeling my mood start to take a little dive, and we are not even into November. Although when this comes out, it'll be November. We're recording it in October, but yes. Yep. And my husband the other day, he said, you know, I've been thinking, I've been doing some research. It's funny since he's not working and he's recovering. He said, um, I really think you advertise sunlight and saunas and you talk about it all the time and you love gins and you talk about gins all the time. I think it's time you get your own. And he actually presented me with some data on seasonal affective disorder and the saunas that I'd never seen before. So I called them, talked to them. We had a really nice chat and they are offering 30% off with free shipping right now. So... If anybody has thought about a sauna, I mean, the benefits are amazing. They're like endless. And I hope to bring you guys episode very soon with sunlight and saunas where they can really go into the infrared and the near, far, mid, you know, infrared and what it does for you. And it's so amazing from skin to just full body health and mental health, collagen uh, production, everything. So, well, tis the season for me to start getting in mine again. I got in a little bit over the summer. Here's my problem. We were having all that work done on our house. And here's the problem. This is a crazy story. When I was at the beach in April, a mama bird (laughs) built a nest. Chad didn't like to close the garage. So he left the garage door open the entire time that I was gone. Garage door open. So a mama bird built a nest on top of our garage door, the, the motor. So I get home and I close the garage door and then I notice a bird is trapped in the garage. So then I open the door, the bird gets out. Well, every morning this bird is trapped in our garage. And so finally I was like, oh, she's got a nest in here. We should not be opening and closing the garage door with her nest there. So we just started leaving the garage door open all the time. Well, my son is in the garage. Also, we were having all this work done on our house, like people showing up at the crack of dawn, parking right outside my garage in their worker trucks. And I like to get into my sauna, let's just say, with not any clothes on, (laughs) naked in the garage, right? So I can't close the garage door because there's a bird in there. And there's people in these trucks parking right outside. So I can't be naked in the garage. I just couldn't do it. So I stopped getting in the sauna every day right around probably April. Like I was great all throughout 
through March when I was working on, when I was actually writing Cleanish, I had my morning routine. Every morning I was getting in there. Like I really was. Then the construction started. I couldn't close the garage, naked in the garage. No. So, and then it was summertime. And then I, I got in like once when it was like really, really hot. And I'm like, ah, uh, it just didn't feel as good as it did when it was colder outside. You could pretty much say that the state of Georgia is a sauna for the summer. I don't know. but And I like the heat, but it was just a little much. So I've gotten out of the practice of getting in, you know, and it really is like we talked about in the habits episode. You get into a habit, but then if you stop doing it, you got to get back in it. Well, it's starting to get cooler. And my body is saying time to get back in that sauna. So I'm really excited. We'll we'll just have that habit together. You know where I'm putting mine? I don't know. I was going to ask you that. Where are you putting it? My mother-in-law is going to come help me. I have this fireplace room in my house. My house was a pretty closed up like ranch floor plan house, but they took out some walls and the main living space is pretty open now. But it's still kind of an awkward layout in that the fireplace room, I cannot put my sectional sofa and TV in there because... Uh, well, the fireplace room was the family room, but it could not have been a very big family room. And if I put something in there, it would be in front of the hallway that goes to the bedroom. And it's just a weird layout. It's kind of a wasted space. So what I'm doing is I'm t- turning that room into my dining room. I'm moving my chandelier in there. I'm going to put my table in there. It'll be fireplace, table. There's some bookshelves in there right now until I tear them out at some point. Anyway, and then my dining room is really pretty small and it's off the end of my uh, living room where we put our TV and everything. Anyways, I am moving my sauna into there. It's right off my kitchen. I can get my coffee, sauna, and then move to the office to work. See, our homes should be designed in a way that that we can use them. I thought if I had guests to my house, they would probably be like, why does she have a sauna and in her house like that? I don't care. It's my house, right? I have guests like once a year. Really, that's true. You know, I same with us. We don't have people over the holidays we do, but... I mean, I have a rebounder in there too. So it'll have my sauna and my rebounder and my punching bag maybe. You know, I really think over the pandemic... All of us have kind of redefined what we do at home. You know, that was like a theme. We were suddenly at home more. And we're like, you know, we started that backyard remodel. It's like, how can we make this just what we need and want? Yeah. And I'm paying for the space. It's my space, right? I mean, when you buy a house, you pay per square foot. So I want the most value for, you know, out of my house that I can get. You want to use all those square feet that you've got. Well, I'm so excited. So you're getting your sauna. Now, does this one require a different kind of electrical plug-in like mine did? It's not. Yours is a 220. Mine's a 120. But I have to have like a extra voltage. So I, I am going to have to have somebody come run a different something, but not as complicated as yours. Yeah, it was really easy. We had an electrician come and it was like not, it was no big deal. Electrician stuff sounds like the hardest stuff in the world, but they just do it and it's easy. I don't know how they do it. It seems magical. It's behind the wall. <laughs> I don't think they run into the same complications like a plumber does. I don't know. Although our house is super complicated with electricity. We've got some kind of weird panel. And because of the way our, our two-story great room is in the very middle of the house, like getting stuff from one side to the other. Oh, and we have a slab. So like our electricity, like we need to do something with, we need to upgrade our panel and our main panel in the garage. But because of the way the electricity comes in the house on the other side, and I guess they have it run through the slab, whatever. 
I don't really know. We don't have attic space or crawl space or anything from one side to the other. So <laughs> changing anything is not going to be easy. Well, three and a half years ago, I bought my house and I have fuses, like the old screw-in fuses, which I don't have breakers. When was your house built? In 1976. I didn't know they were still doing fuses in 1976. My mind was blown. I grew up a house built in the 50s, and it didn't have fuses. So my neighbors don't have fuses. Our house was, our previous was built in the 40s, and we didn't have fuses. Yeah, I've asked my neighbors. I'm like, do you have fuses? I have no idea why my house has fuses and not breakers, but they told me to update them. But I'm kind of like, if it's not broke, don't fix it. We need to do some upgrading, I guess. I mean, it all passed inspection when we bought it. But then the first electrician that came over said, oh, you should upgrade these. I'm like, oh, gee, thank you. Well, I am a little worried about calling an electrician out to do this because he might be like, I can't work on this. He can. He can do it. I'll be forced to swap it over to a fuse box or a breaker box but when's it coming when are you getting i don't know i haven't got my delivery set up yet but they said in a couple weeks so i might get in mine tomorrow i'm excited i'm gonna get in tomorrow sherry i'll let you know i'm gonna do it well we always start our show with our good news segment i kind of lie because we always start our show chit-chatting but today's story comes from suzanne in texas and uh, she wrote to us and she said i work at a residential child care facility called boys ranch high school The number of children we serve has been reduced during the pandemic. We have fewer numbers on campus and in school and do not have enough kids to make up a band this year. We recently held our homecoming football game. Now, Jen, you're from the South and you know what a big deal homecoming is. She said our school principal contacted a rival school who did not have a game that night and asked if their band would come play for us during our homecoming game, and they agreed. Not only did they play, but they learned our school fight song. What a great display of support and camaraderie by another team. It meant so much to our students, but you could tell it was meaningful to the participating students as well. Our local news team even did a story on this. And I just thought this was really great. I love when people just reach out and help each other. And I think I've noticed this at... It's fall football in this house right now. (laughs) Sometimes we get so caught up in winning that we forget to teach kids about the love of the game and good sportsmanship. And, um, you know, this is something those kids are going to feel proud of for years to come. So for any listener who wants to read more about it, I'll link that news article in show notes. I think that's a great story. I bet a lot of schools are having issues like that with kids doing learn from home and not being in person. Well, I actually read this to my coworker, and she was a marching band mom. And their high school, they have a very large marching band. And they went to a smaller school and did kind of the same thing for a, a smaller school in the Birmingham community several years ago. So it's just great when people do things that they don't have to do, and they just do it out of the goodness of their heart. I was a band mom, but not a marching band mom, because the boys went to a high school that didn't have sports. Isn't that weird? Davidson Fine Arts here in Augusta, Georgia. It was a fine arts magnet school. No sports. I mean, they had like, I don't know, like boating. I don't, I'm not even really sure. But no, like you could do rowing or something, but they didn't have football or basketball or any of those traditional sports. So there was no marching band. I remember, you know, Being in high school, that's really my last experience with high school football. It was so much fun, so I missed out on all of that. That's kind of a bummer. 
Anyway, listeners, we need your good news stories. Send your good news story to connect at lifelessonscommunity.com. We want to hear about companies that have given you exceptional customer service. Give a shout out to a special someone in your life. Tell us an amazing story or share anything that might be inspirational to fellow listeners. We look forward to hearing from you and sharing your good news in an upcoming episode. So before we get to the life lesson of the week, we want to take a minute to tell you about one of the companies that makes it possible for us to bring you the podcast, but today it's not a company. It's going to be me. I want to talk about pre-ordering my new book, Cleanish. It's coming out really, really soon. I really can't wait. It's called Cleanish. The ish is in parentheses. Eat mostly clean, live mainly clean, and unlock your body's natural ability to self-clean. What I love about the way this book turned out is that, you know, when I was writing it, I was like, you know, how am I going to write this book? What am I going to, I'm going to have yes lists and no lists and tell people what to do. But anybody who knows me, like Sherry, you know, I don't like telling you what to do. It's the elementary teacher in me. The way that I taught was very much to empower my students to figure out, I was the gifted teacher most recently in my career before I retired. And I felt, you know, my job was very much as a facilitator. And I brought that into the book Cleanish. You know, I'm presenting the information. Why do we want to eat mostly clean and live mainly clean? Why is it important? All that's in there. I learned so many things. You know, I knew that it was better to watch what you were doing with what you're eating and the things you're using. But I didn't really know all the things that I learned. Like the whole impact of it. Yes. And really how different the world is today versus how it was even 10, 20, 30 years ago, how much times have changed. And, you know, when I was writing it, my editor, before before we we settled on, on what the book would be, she's like, all right, what's your next intermittent fasting book going to be? And I'm like, I'm not going to write another intermittent fasting book. So this is not an intermittent fasting book. So all of you who are, are listening who might not be living an intermittent fasting lifestyle, this book is for you. It's for everybody because every one of us, we know we want to do a better job with our health. And so, you know, I talk about things. This is not a weight loss book, although when you do clean up what you're eating and what you're using on your body, it can help in a lot of ways because a lot of these chemicals are obesogens or endocrine disruptors, and those can affect your health and your weight, cause you to store more fat. So you might lose some weight, but you're definitely going to be healthier. So pre-order Cleanish anywhere that you like to buy books. You know, a lot of people like to buy on Amazon, but there are a lot of other places that you can buy. You can even have your local bookstore pre-order it for you. You know, support those local businesses, which I think is so important. Keep them in business. If they're still going, they've had a tough couple years, get it there. But go ahead and pre-order. We're going to be talking about some of the topics after the new year when the book comes out January 4th. Go ahead and pre-order now. It really helps the publisher know how many to print. We're getting in line at the printer right now. So anyway. I pre-ordered my automobile the other day because I want the paper copy, but I also like to have the... The audible version. The audible, yeah. I haven't even read it yet. I'm going to read it beginning of November. We're recording this. Actually, the day that this episode comes out, I think I'm going to be recording in Atlanta that day. So everybody who's listening on November 10th, I am in the studio actually recording Cleanish as we speak. I like to read it. And like, you're always so good about having like your, di- I don't want to call them diagrams. Are the diagrams? What do you call them diagrams? Like your tables. 
tables and your little infographics and stuff. So I want all of that. So I definitely want the paper copy. But then, like, I like to listen to it as well because I feel like you pick up things differently when you're hearing it versus reading it. You ever been reading and you kind of glaze over and you skip spots and then later you're like, I don't remember what I read. There's actually science to that. And if you really want to get it into your brain, having it go through your ears and your eyes at the same time is even better. I mean, most adults aren't going to do that, but read the book and listen to it at the same time. I have done that with some things before. All those books on, remember they used to have those like when we were a kid, the records, and you would have the record and you would also have the book and then it would like play a chime and you'd turn the page, but you would like read along and listen at the same time. Those are like little handheld units now. Okay. I guess they do that still. I don't, I'm dating myself. They do. Like you had little earphone centers in your classroom when, when I first started teaching and you put in your cassette tape and they would, anyway, so much fun. So it would really help me out a lot, everybody, if you would go ahead and pre-order Cleanish. The forward is by Dr. Tim Spector, who I'm is a big fan of. Anyway, so exciting. Well, now it's time for our life lesson of the week. And this week, we want to talk about holiday season hacks. The holidays are approaching quickly, and we decided to put all things Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's into two fun-filled episodes that will get you into the holiday season spirit. So who couldn't use some holiday spirit this year? I always need more holiday spirit. Definitely. While the holidays are full of fun, food, family, and friends, they all too often create quite a bit of stress in people's lives as well. And I am guilty of getting caught up in that stress. And usually work is crazy that time of year for me as well. Everybody wants time off. And it's not like an office where you just somebody doesn't come in and they shut their office door when you work in a hospital. You have to have... We call it boots on the ground. You got you got to have somebody in that spot. So yeah, my stress always heightens a little bit through the holidays. And you know, last year we recorded our holiday joy episode, and I was kind of ball humbug. I look into it later, I was like, gosh, I was sort of a ball humbug. But by the end of the episode, I like got in much higher holiday spirits, and then like. I took some of the things that people had shared in that episode and and like kind of applied them to my life. And then by the time like I listened to it, it came out the week of Christmas. Like I actually listened to it when it came out. And by Christmas, I was just in like full on holiday mode. And sometimes we just need reminded that, you know, it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be stressful. It doesn't have to be time consuming. Sometimes we get caught up in that busy, 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 we forget to take times to simplify. And it doesn't have to be perfect. Nobody expects it to be perfect, except we expect it of ourselves. Let it be a mess. Yep, that's absolutely true. I think we put more stress on ourselves when we have guests and parties and whatever than any of our guests are putting on us. So we went to the community. We asked the community for their best time-saving, stress-busting hacks to make the holidays easier and more enjoyable for everybody this year. And we had so many great ideas that we decided to make this a two-part episode. So today is part one. Before we share the listener tips, let's take a few minutes to share some of our favorite holiday traditions or memories. I thought that might be fun. I was thinking on our feet here. We did not write these down ahead of time. So let's start with Thanksgiving. Let's go in sequential order. That's the elementary teacher and me. Let's start with Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving traditions or memories. You know, I look back, we had very strong traditions in my family, the things that we did every single year. And so I guess I've always grown up thinking that's what you did. Did you have traditions like that? We did until like 
I guess until I became an adult, and then they sort of fell away. They do tend to change as, as the generations get older. Like what we did, you know, we always went to, you know, my grandmother's house, and then that changed. And then we ended up going to my dad's house, and now it's my house. My house is the Thanksgiving house. My aunt, who was a teacher, she was a special education and then ended up in administration. She, I don't know, Thanksgiving somehow ended up to be her holiday back when I was very young. Like, because I remember not being able to go once when I was like maybe six or seven, I ended up with the stomach flu and I was so mad that I couldn't go to Thanksgiving because you know me, I love big get togethers and crowds and all the people and all the food. And, but she would invite her entire family and then. Her husband is my dad's brother, so my dad's whole side of the family was there. Her whole family was there, her brothers and parents and cousins, and then our all of our cousins. And I think one year, our num- highest year turnout, we had 76 people. She built her entire house back like 15 years ago around hosting Thanksgiving dinner. Her downstairs was a flip of her upstairs, so she had a complete second kitchen in the downstairs and then the whole like living room area was where all the tables and chairs would be set up and it was past the food you just passed and passed and passed and everybody brought either like dessert or side dish or rolls or whatever i have decided i'm never going to make a turkey again i'm just not it stresses me out Last year, I made a turkey. Every time I've ever made one, it it ruins the day. (laughs) Like, everyone's arriving, and I'm starting to slice my turkey, and I realize it wasn't all the way done. So I'm, like, slicing it and throwing it back in. So I'm like, all right, everybody, I am not making a turkey. I'm just going to order a honey-baked ham turkey. Or someone else can make the turkey. Either way. Do you want my turkey hack? Well, I'm not going to make it, but (laughs) your pressure cooker? Really? Your deluxe quick cooker from Pamper Chef? Turkey breast. Well, I can do turkey breasts. Oh, you throw them in there? I can do turkey breasts. Boom. The most moist, best turkey ever. So maybe I should just like do turkey breasts. And I do love turkey. I don't know. I tried to make a whole turkey again. And I just, it's not my thing. I just can't do it. We're not a dark meat family. So we only want the breast anyway. That's a good point. So, But we do. We all have our things. My sister does the dressing. I'm not allowed to make that. My dad said he doesn't like the way I make the dressing. I'm like, darn it. Okay, I'll make the rolls. And then I just buy rolls. So that's easy. I was always the rolls girl. Sam's Club or Costco makes great rolls. So, Well, let's share our Christmas and New Year's traditions and memories next week. So let's get started with tips from listeners. So Angela from Rhode Island She has a cooking hack for hosting a company on Christmas morning. She says, prepare an egg and sausage casserole the night before. She said her recipe calls for shredded frozen hash browns mixed in. So while the coffee is brewing Christmas morning, she just pops it in the oven. And then after presents are opened, breakfast is ready to serve. She said it's a stress-free way to feed many people. You can serve pastries or cinnamon rolls on the side with a fresh fruit salad. It's so easy. And she also said, do not forget to schedule some time to take a walk outside. Even if it's cold, the fresh air and exercise will do wonders to ease anxiety and stress around the holidays. I love that. That's really good. You want something easy Christmas morning. We do sausage balls. We talked about that last year on the the Joy episode. And it's easy. If we did not have them, everybody would be like, what? Where are they? All right. So Victoria has a suggestion that actually could work for me if I could do it. She said, smoke the turkey on the grill to free up the oven. 
and use a crock pot to cook the cranberry sauce the day ahead. She said it tastes best the second day anyway, and then cook the potatoes for mashing the day of. And she said we prefer sweet potatoes with pecans. All right, so I'd like to know, Sherry, on your Thanksgiving table, is it regular mashed potatoes or sweet potatoes or both? Well, growing up, it was both. If I was going to set the table, there would never be sweet potatoes on it. Ah, because you don't like sweet potatoes. I do not. See, I don't think I've ever had, I don't think that either of my grandparents on either side did regular mashed potatoes on Thanksgiving Day. We've always done sweet potatoes only, maybe because of the way we do our dressing. I'm going to be honest. I'm not sure my family did sweet potatoes. I believe they were candied yams. Well, that's kind of the same thing. I don't think yams and sweet potatoes are the same, are they? They are. Well, there's a kind of yam that I, this is what I I think I know. I think that yams, what we, I think we call sweet potatoes yams. I think that when we say yams, they're really sweet potatoes because yams are really something different. Yeah, well, these were out of a can. I don't think we're really eating yams. I think that's sweet potatoes. They had marshmallows and stuff on top of them. and I think it's just what we call them. My sister makes that. She's, she's in charge of the dressing and she's in charge of the sweet potato casserole. You would like, unless you don't like sweet potatoes at all. You might like hers, though. She mashes the sweet potatoes. I think she bakes them, then she mashes them. A lot of butter is involved. And the topping has, like, coconut... It's so good. Oh, my gosh, it's good. Now I want some of those. That sounds like dessert. It is exactly like dessert. It's better than like a pumpkin pie to me. Oh, see, I don't like sweet potato pie. You might would like these sweet potatoes, those, these sweet potato casserole. One time I was very upset. I got a Sam's Club pumpkin pie, which used to be like our favorite. And I went home, took a bite of it, and I was like, this is not a pumpkin pie. They mislabeled it. <laughs> Sweet potato. Yeah. Oh, was it sweet potato? Well, if you don't like sweet potatoes, you might not like it. But we do put also have pecans on the top. So it's got pecans and coconut. It is so good. Well, Carol says that Costco has the most amazing mashed potatoes. And they come out the week before Thanksgiving and the week before Christmas. They also have delicious gravy. And we typically buy a shrimp platter there as well. We are excellent cooks, but we have 20 to 25 for dinner. And it's a real help just to buy those items there. See, that's the thing. Everybody who's listening, you don't have to make everything from scratch. Make those special few things. Like I do make the cranberry sauce from scratch. It's so easy. I didn't know how easy it was. I mean, it's super easy. That doesn't take as long. Green beans. Oh, it's your green beans you simmer all day. The green beans you have to simmer all day. But the cranberry sauce is like, bam, bam, you're done. And then you put it away and let it sit. And the next day it's perfect. It's super easy. But whenever there's something that you can farm out or do ahead of time, you know, that's definitely. So Rebecca is going to shift gears and talk about gift wrapping, which is one of my favorite things. She says, I used to wrap gifts year round at a department store and loved it. When I married my family, it came with two bonus kids who are my everything. I love the way she said she married her family. Oh, I just noticed that. Yes, I do like that. She married her family. She married all of them. She said, it took me a number of years to figure that my girls didn't appreciate or even like my wrapping. In fact, they found it frustrating to untie everything and worry that the presents they wrapped weren't as fancy. Now they each get one nicely wrapped present to make me happy. Everything else goes in dollar store, all occasion gift bags or cute reusable shopping bags that I stock up on all year. We're always prepared. They get reused, and we all feel good about reusing instead of all the paper being thrown away. That is a great tip. So you are a wrapper or a bagger? 
I can bag all day long, but don't ask me to wrap anything. See, I'm a rapper. I loved. I like to make my own bows. I craft them from scratch. I love to make a pretty bow. Jen posted a quiz, your spark type. It tells you what your anti-type is or something. I think it was called a maker. I'm not a maker. I'm not into like creating arts and crafts or like homemaking. That's And I was like, oh, I felt so much better after I saw that. I was like, oh, wow, okay, that's why I don't take joy from that. It's not my personality type. But I do take joy from making a beautifully wrapped package. And it like makes me really, really happy to put them all under the tree. You should see me, Sherry. I like have to set them up a certain way. And I have to make sure the paper is not repeated and there's more over here. It has to look a certain way. Which tree am I going to put it? Because I have two big Christmas trees. One of them is the fancy tree and one is the more casual tree. So anyway. Some years, everybody gets the same paper because I just don't want to bother even opening a second roll of wrapping paper. I'm like, we're just going to use it till it's empty. I have all these different kinds. Everything is green and red and gold and the different bows. And I like make my bows from scratch, like really. I always go for blue snowmen and snowflakes. Stephanie shared her accidental discovery. This might be for you, Jen. The first time I cooked a turkey, I accidentally cooked it upside down in one of those cooking bags. My whole family laughed at me. It turned out to be the best, most moist turkey I've ever eaten, and now I purposely cook it that way. Well, here's the funny story there. The first time I baked a turkey, I also accidentally cooked it upside down. It does make an amazing turkey. Did it turn out? Well, here's why. Okay, think about the way that we've been taught to make our turkey breast side up, right? Breast meat ends up being the driest, okay? So if you flip it over and put the breast side down, then all the juices from the dark meat, which are more flavorful, drip down. It also protects the breast and keeps it from... See, I have like great tips for cooking a turkey. It's just execution. And I have made perfectly cooked turkey before, but whatever. My oven is on the fritz. Did you know my oven was on the fritz? It's not going well. The oven's not going well. It's a combo oven microwave KitchenAid from like the early, it's probably 20 years old when the people that that we bought the house from redid the kitchen, almost 20 years old. And you we can't find a replacement. Like every couple months we call and they're like, still not available because we have a certain size opening. Like they keep saying they're going to have them. It's been probably five months we've been trying to get a replacement. So I don't know what we're going to do. Maybe you won't be having holiday at your house. More reason to order a turkey. <laughs> no, we'll have we'll have it at my house. We absolutely will. It's still working, but I don't know if that's why maybe the turkey didn't cook properly. I don't know. I just didn't give it enough time. Anyway, that is a great tip. Definitely make your turkey upside down. I mean, I don't know. We're not the people who ever brought it out to the table and then carved it. You know, Norman Rockwell. We always would slice it up. And we actually eat, serve ourselves from, like, the kitchen and then take our plates to the table. We don't have the food all sitting on the table. Do y'all put it on the table? Yes. Yeah, we don't. We all have it set up kind of like buffet style. And people walk through and make their plates and then go sit down. Imagine 76 people trying to pass potatoes and rolls and turkey and shrimp. Is that what y'all did? Yeah, I mean, but, like... The table was like a maze, basically, wound around the room. And so every, like, one to two tables would be like a bowl of mashed potatoes. But then it was like all around the room. We just have, we set it all up. Like, you know what my kitchen looks like. We set it all up on the, like, going around the L. I do have the perfect layout. We set it up on the little peninsula and then things that need to be on the stove, you know, right? We have the stove to set things on. And desserts we put in the little butler's pantry. 
And so it's just perfect. And then everybody just goes around, serves their plates and sits down and go has seconds. It's very casual. All right. So we have a tip from Lisa Simpson. She shared this tip for delicious gravy. She says, brown your flour in a low oven ahead of time. It makes your gravy lump-free with an extra rich flavor. I'm like, that's amazing. It's an amazing tip. I don't know. I'm going to be honest. You don't make gravy? No. I don't even know why you would brown your flour. I don't know. I do make homemade gravy. And even like if I don't make a turkey and nobody makes a turkey and I just buy honey baked ham turkey, which I'm probably going to do, I still always make a breast. They're so much easier to cook than a whole turkey. I'll make a breast and not to serve, but because you need the drippings and to make the gravy. Because I do like my gravy to be homemade. My diet history from my early childhood is my mom was a crazy dieter. She wouldn't use flour and gravy. She used cornstarch. There's too many calories in flour, you know. But I like start off, you know, you got to have the roux, the butter, then you use the flour in there. And then you put, you know, with your drippings, the drippings are also in there. And then um, chicken broth. Broth and cornstarch. That was flour. That was gravy in our house. So might be why I like white gravy. Yeah, maybe. You should have some of my gravy. It's very good. It's really like a creamy soup or something. I could eat it with a spoon. Intermittent fasting opened up a whole like world of flavors to me because suddenly I was eating foods that I I could never eat before. I I used never in quotes because I was on a diet my whole life until I started intermittent fasting. And then suddenly I was like, oh, this is what gravy tastes like. And butter, like you didn't cook with butter when I in my house. Like y'all didn't use butter? No. Well, I will say my mother bought margarine. And it was gross. She her, thought it was better for you. That's what everybody. Like if you made a big thing of mashed potatoes, you would put like maybe two tablespoons of butter in it and a lot of milk. So there's no flavor. I'm just shaking my head. No flavor. I know. Jen's like, plop a stick of butter in. We use a lot of butter because it just makes it so good. Somebody was talking, asked me for some bean recipes not long ago. They're like, what? How do you make beans? Give me some bean recipes. And I'm like, you cook the beans, you add the salt, you add the pepper, you add the butter. That's it. Butter and beans? Yeah. What do you put in beans? Listen, you blew my mind when you put butter and rice. I was like, what are you doing? I don't even understand why you wouldn't put butter and rice. What in the world is this, that thing? Just plain rice? No. My husband puts butter in his pasta when he cooks it. This girl don't know anything about cooking with butter. Well, there's some more of our holiday advice. Get out the butter. Apparently, if you want really delicious food, use lots of butter. Well, you know, think about all those fat-soluble vitamins that you need to get in there. Well, Clarissa Mama4 shared this hack for moms. She said she uses an app called Santa's Bag. It helps you keep track of everyone's Christmas list, and then you can mark things off as you buy them. And then Trina from Summerton has a recommendation for a different app, and she said it's called the Gift List app, and it helps you keep up with how much you're spending on each person. So if you're trying to keep it even, like with kids and grandkids, you can keep track that way. She says it's very easy and user-friendly. That's a great idea. How do you keep track of your gifts? I just have a notebook. Well, all my kids are old enough now. Other than Avery, that I just... Buy stuff. Apple Pay. You just send them money? Yes. (laughs) I still love to buy buy presents, even though they don't really need anything. That's the hard part. They're getting... Well, they do need things, but the things they need are not the things like, here, Will, here's some underwear. My son needs car parts, and I can't really help him with that. So I just send him money for his latest project. I have a notebook that I've kept for years, and I keep it in my wrapping paper drawer. Well, the the, the top drawer where I keep, like, some the supplies in. 
in, I have several drawers of wrapping paper, as you can imagine. But I can go back and see what I got everybody like, I don't know, 10 years. It's probably 10 years worth of, because it's in this notebook that I can just keep there. And nobody knows it's there, what it is. They've never looked at it. But I can go back and like, see, well, what did I get them? Oh, I got them that two years ago. I should get them something different. So I've got, it's like my record of everything. You're a much better gift giver than me. Well, it's just because I'm always like, what in the world am I going to get my Uncle Buddy, right? You know, he loves Clemson. He has Fragile X. He's the one. He lives in a group home. And anything Clemson, but I want to make sure I don't get him the same. Every year he does get a Clemson calendar, but you want to get it, rotate what you get him every year. So, all right. So Patty says, I buy my Christmas cards at the end of the season and start writing them out in October when not much is going on. They get mailed the day before Thanksgiving. It's so enjoyable to have my evenings free during December to appreciate the spirit of Christmas without worrying about getting to my cards. Do you send out Christmas cards, Sherry? You know, and I, you know, I love the holidays, but I don't either. I stopped the year that Cal had appendicitis and we were in the hospital for 10 days right before Christmas to get out the day before Christmas Eve. I ordered cards that year, and they were, like, to be picked up. I think I ordered them from, like, I don't know, Kmart. It, I don't know why. That was so weird. But I had them printed out and shipped to the local Kmart, so whoever I ordered them from. They offered that for free shipping, and I just had to go pick them up, and I never did. At the end of that, I never sent Christmas cards again. I ordered some nice pre-printed cards one year, and I found them still on the counter like in January. And I was kind of like, well, that's too late. I'll send those out next year. Well, we always did photo cards. We did photo cards. And that was the end of that anyway. So I don't do them now. One year I did pay for a service where I just entered in everybody's addresses. And then they just sent them out for me. Like I uploaded an address book and then the company just printed them and shipped them out for me. But I felt like that was so generic. What's the point? I know. I was like, that's silly. I don't know. Can you hear Ellie crying? No. Well, everybody, you might hear. I think she's got something in the living room. (laughs) She's making that noise that she makes. So if you hear a cat crying, it's Ellie. She's got something. I think she's got something in the the living room (laughs) just right around the corner from me. But she's making that noise that she makes. We hope you enjoyed part one of our holiday season hacks. And make sure to tune in next week for part two. Before we get to the listener-led lesson this week, we want to take a minute to tell you about one of the companies that makes it possible for us to bring you the podcast, and that is Bellicon Rebounders. You may have heard Jen and I talk about how much we love our Bellicon Rebounders before, and many members of the Life Lessons with Jen and Sherry Facebook community have asked us why Bellicon is better. Well, they are one of the best quality and best performing rebounders on the market. The Bellicon is German designed and manufactured to provide not only the most durable and stable mini trampoline, but also the perfect bounce. Their frames are so well constructed that they have a weight limit twice that of most rebounders and are protected by a lifetime warranty. Their bungees are made especially for rebounding to deliver the safest bounce. They are completely customizable to your body and your unique health and fitness goals. And many people don't know, but they have a pay in six offer. You can split your payment across six installments with zero interest using one of two different programs that they offer. And this is a piece of fitness equipment that will last you the rest of your lifetime. You never need any maintenance beyond new bungees every few years, which are very affordable. And best of all, it's portable and fun. Bouncing is a wonderful way to move your body for endless mental and physical health benefits. Learn more at lifelessonscommunity.com forward slash Bellicon. Somebody in the community was talking about their grandkid 
uses theirs. And she feels like when they're acting out or whatever, she has them get on her Bellicon. And there's actually research into that. And when you like stimulate kids with physical movement and stuff, it really helps like reset and balance the brain and emotions and like even my son, he was not a kid that enjoyed homework and it was rolling around on the floor and crying and you spent more time f- arguing than doing the actual assignment. I would tell him, look, take 15 minutes, let's go bounce. He would bounce, he'd come back, he'd be centered, he'd be focused, he could whip that homework out. So it's really good for the whole family. You know, and as, as an elementary classroom teacher, I can speak to that. We would have movement breaks. We would stop, have a movement break, then get back to what we were doing. That and or you know, I just let my kids when it was time when we were working, I'd let them move around the classroom. You know, if they needed to go over here and sit on the floor or go over there. Obviously if I was teaching a lesson, you know, that would be one thing. But you know, you're not standing in front of them like teaching all day. They're doing a lot of work. But kids need to move around. So yeah, parents, let your kids jump. We're made to move. We are absolutely made to move. So next, we have a segment we call our listener-led lesson. It might be a life hack, a book recommendation, a special recipe, a kitchen tip, or anything along those lines. Today's listener-led lesson comes from Denise, and it is perfect as we're entering the holiday season. I still can't believe it's the holiday season. I feel like it's still summer, but it's not. Like I wish it was still summer, but when I went out to my car and it was 39 degrees the other morning... When I left work. Okay, summer's over. I'm wearing like long pants and a real shirt. I used lots of choice words in my car for the first five minutes until it got warm. (laughs) Well, we can, the, the weather tells us that we are entering the holiday season. And so Denise says, buy used bakeware and pretty plates from a thrift store so they can be part of your gift when sending food or baked goods to someone. They're only a few dollars and then you don't have to worry about getting them back. I love this tip. I do too. I just think of all the times you get like a, you know, a tinfoil tray with a gift. And that's, you know, that's great. You're grateful for that tin of cookies or whatever. But a really pretty just secondhand plate just kind of dresses it up and makes us feel a little bit more special. You know, I love to go to those types of stores. We just had to buy some furniture for the screen porch, which is almost done. Still, it's only been a year since we had awesome, but we were looking around, you know, looking for something, a a couple of tables or chests to put out there and wandered through, you know, the local, you know, furniture consignment stores, thrift stores. I don't know. There's a bunch of them here in Augusta. I'm sure every town has them where people like, you know, just resell things. And, you know, there are all sorts of pretty plates and dishes and things. That's really a great idea. I think this year I'm going to bake things. Well, and then if they don't want it, because, you know, I could see a person be like, well, what do I do with this? Because it doesn't match my set or whatever. But you just save it aside. And then when you need to take something somewhere, then you take it. I think this year I'm going to do something like that, like make food for people for a gift. Bake something. I love to make pound cakes. Maybe I'll bake some pound cakes. Oh, I love pound cake. At the end of each show, we share a motivational quote from a listener. Today's quote comes from Angela. The quote is, one can choose to go back toward safety or forward toward growth. Growth must be chosen again and again. Fear must be overcome again and again. And that is from Abraham Maslow. Angela said, choose the scary thing. 
If it scares you, then it will probably change you. And as I was reading this, it reminded me of one of my favorite quotes, which is, you can never change your life until you step out of your comfort zone. Change begins at the end of your comfort zone. And it's so true. You can stay in comfort or you can lean into growth. So the scary things are the most life-changing things. Writing a book, starting a podcast, leaving a horrible marriage, or starting a new job, starting a new career. I mean, those are all scary things, but they can lead to wonderful. Going through that now, Chad desperately wants to leave his job. And we can afford for him to leave his job. But it's the scariness of like, well, what will I do? And having to find that purpose over again. And he stays in that comfort zone. And hopefully, eventually, he'll, you know, he's almost at the point where he could actually retire. But, you know, taking that leap, it's not easy to, to change something. But then you do it. And, you know, if I had not taken the risk to write a book and then retire from teaching, I can't even imagine. <sighs> Take the leap, people. All right. <laughs> so, everybody, thank you for joining us today. Make sure to join our Facebook community if you haven't already. It's called Life Lessons with Jen and Sherry. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. We'd love for you to leave a review so that we can reach others. That really helps a lot. Do you have a story to share for our good news segment, a listener-led lesson, or a motivational quote that means something to you? Or do you have an area of expertise that you want to share as a featured guest for the week as we present our weekly life lesson? If you do, then email us at connect at lifelessonscommunity.com and make sure to listen each week to see if we share your story or tip. Until next week, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.